think that women just naturally, like I, I know it's taboo to say, right? A lot of women want to date like men. A lot of women want to just sleep around and it's no big deal, but I don't think that we're wired that way. I think that when you sleep with somebody, certain neurons fire off in your brain that give you some sort of connection that I don't think men are capable of. Like, mm. and I'm not saying, I'm not saying that you should date like that. I'm just saying you are more prone to get your feelings hurt or more prone to put yourself in a vulnerable situation when you have sex with somebody. Okay, and do you think that, so you think that applies more to women than men? Yeah. But first, a word from our sponsors. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to the Man Whore Podcast. Shout out to all the spankers, the wankers, and orgasm fakers. This is Billy Presida, and you are listening to the Man Whore Podcast. This week's guest is a fellow comedian and podcaster, Kiki Anderson. We're going to get to her. I'll just say briefly, Manhorcon, look, don't miss it. And no, you can't just come hang out at like the after party. You can't be like, hey, Billy, what's the address of the after party? I'll throw you, throw you some money for that. No, no, no. You need a weekend pass if you want to join the festivities. So click the link in the notes. Get your weekend pass. I will see you August 3rd through August 6th. And the Naked Comedy Shows do return to Hacienda, the sexiest basement in Bushwick. July 28th, we have got eight and 10 o'clock shows, two distinct lineups. Uh, we're even offering discounted tickets. If you want to stay for both shows, hang out all night. Uh, BYOB, pants optional. Link, you know where to, you know where I stuck it. I did have quite the lesbian adventure. Uh, <laughs> uh, Thursday night. Uh, a new friend of mine uh, hits me up and was like nervously asking if I would go to a lesbian bar with her. And I'm like, yeah. And she said, really? What? What? Yeah, I'm not into watching hot chicks grind and make out with each other and alcohol. Like separately love those things together. Amazing are things. Why are we surprised? Yes, of course, I'll go to a lesbian bar with you. Are there truly non-gay men who don't want to go with you to a lesbian bar? Anyways, we go. I put on my 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 queerest, finest. I put on my lesbian shirt that I got from Megan in the breakup because it's got like sketches of like nude ladies on it, but like in an artistic kind of gay way. I put my put my glitter on. We rolled out to Cubby Hole, and. Uh, <laughs> It was funny because my friend kept saying, like, Billy, you have to stop making me laugh. People are going to think I'm straight. I was like, yeah, I didn't get on stage tonight, but I did crush. That was really all I needed. I just needed, like, to make my friend laugh so hard she was worried no woman would make out with her. Of course, she she flocked around, and I just kind of hung out and observed the cool-ass ceiling, drank my dyke beer. That's what it's called. That's the brand name. It's called Dyke Beer. Don't tweet at me. One married bisexual fella just 
really kept hammering it home to me that he wanted to to ask if there was any wiggle room about me with him and kept being like, wait, but like straight? And then it would be like, but straight, straight? Wait, I'm sorry. Did you say you were straight earlier? Um, but I'm trying to just engage a friendly conversation. I'm very curious about the, his situation. Like he's got a wife. They kind of have this like open-ish relationship create some space for him to like play with dudes safely, whatever. Uh, but just, he kept coming back like a hundred percent straight. Like there's no, and I'm like, I, my feelings were hurt because I said no for the fifth time. And he just got up. I'm like, whoa, whoa, you don't want to hang out. I am trying to make male friends. I'm sorry. You can't touch my penis, but okay. My friend ends up hooking up with this one, like big butch chick who looks like, like a like a young Tony Soprano, but like the woman version, because um, she's got like this the open button down shirt with the white tee underneath. She's the big kind of butch who looks like she can just destroy women with thrusts, right? Like so much thigh and ass that you and, and wide hip that you're just like, oh, she could cause damage with a strap. My friend gets her number, whatever, whatever. But then apparently she went to a strip club. We got we to gotta chase her to the strip club. I told you I went on a lesbian adventure. My friend gets us a cab to Sapphires in Times Square. We get there. Turns out it's the wrong Sapphires. So now we got we to gotta go take a cab to a different strip club at a different part of town. We get there. Some We say Dominic's name. We don't know Dominic, but we say Dominic's name. And the guy's like, oh, we love Dominic. Let me let you in for free. I was like, okay. Uh, here's your free drink ticket. All right. Thank you, Dominic. You know, the buy guy at the bar did not offer me free admission and free drink anywhere. So I'm just saying, if he's trying to earn some wiggle room, Dominic's already doing a better job, and I've never met the man. Um, and the big butch orders uh, the two of them a lap dance and, like, asks me polite, very politely, but it does ask me to, quote, fuck off a bit. And I do. I go get an overpriced Bud Light, and I fuck off. Five minutes later, she comes back to me. She don't got the money for the lap dance. She didn't know it was going to be that expensive. I, she's, like, she's trying to ask me, a stranger, to front 120 bucks plus tip for a lap dance so she could try to fuck my friend. I'm like, good luck with that, bro. Uh, and then, you know, my friend ends up paying for it anyway, gets us all McDonald's and, and gets us all a car back to Bushwick where she then, like, proceeds to, to get strap fucked by this lady till 5 a.m. Good for her. I got home, nice and toasty. Watched an episode of the morning show and called it an evening. Ah, I have not been on an adventure like that in a minute. But of course, starting at one of my faves, Cubby. Before I get to my guest this week, Kiki Anderson, let's do a quick fan whore appreciation moment, okay? This is the part of the podcast where I like to give a shout out to one of my fan whores on Patreon. Just one, not all of them. Very unlike the impersonal Patreon thank you roll call, which, wow, I... If you were a person who did not enjoy that, I am so sorry. I'm listening to these old intros now, and they took up a lot of time. So I'll try to keep this brief. I want to give a thank you right now to someone who chooses to go by Shh Photo Girl. I have seen a lot of usernames come through on the Patreon. Never has any of them come with a directive to shut the fuck up, but it's probably good advice for me. Photo girl, I will try to shh a bit, but first allow me to say thank you for supporting the Man Whore Podcast on Patreon. And you too can become a member, support the pod, join us for... 
hot movie night tomorrow night, Thursday, for as little as $2 per month. Or you can be like, shh, photo girl, sign up for a whole year up front, get a discount. Become a member today. Support the pod you love at patreon.com slash Podcast, or download the Patreon app. Find me on there. Kiki Anderson is an L.A.-based stand-up comedian. She used to be a, uh, a an on-camera local news reporter. And now she is a, a fellow sex podcaster with her new show, Indecent, with Kiki Anderson. Kiki does seem to come from a more traditional-minded, a little, or maybe traditional's not the right word, mainstream. A little bit more of a mainstream, more of a vanilla-y space when it comes to sexuality or sex positivity. And so there's there's definitely moments you're going to sense where you you can feel me reacting. I think I did intrigue her into doing an episode about polyamory. Hope she does. This is me and Kiki. Uh, Hinge, actually, which was very off brand for me. I really don't like dating apps and I'm very cynical about them. But this one's it's worked out so far. So. Uh, what, what made you actually bite the bullet to get onto the hinge? I mean, I've been on it, but it's just like, it's been a just parade of horrors. Okay. <laughs> like, it's been so bad. I've never had like a good app. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I've never had like a good like app experience. I feel like I've just gone out with monster after monster after monster. Um, but is that apps or is that just like LA dating? Well, you know, I don't really know because the people that I dated in other cities, I've moved around a lot. I met organically. So I don't yeah. know if the apps were horrible there, too. I guess this is the most invested I've been in apps is is being in L.A. But wh- where one starts and one ends, I don't know. You know, I, I imagine dating in L.A. in general is just terrible. A lot of cities ship their trash to L.A. is yeah. how I feel about it. Like, I think that there's a lot of small people floating around in LA that have very fragile ego. I mean, we all have fragile egos, but some of us have done the work to heal and, you know, live full lives. Sure. For other people, LA is just a factory town. You just clock in and you clock out when you go to sleep, but you're not really worried about any other aspect of your life. Mm -hmm. But yeah, what are some of these, like these LA monsters, these online monsters you've, you've dated? And then I'll sit here and judge and be like, are you being a little harsh on these guys? Stranger I just met. Okay, one of them. (laughs) (laughs) You'd be like, hi, like, why don't you just open up and I'll tell you if you were emotionally valid. (laughs) Okay, fair. I think one of them is like not even debatable, but I think the other one has actually had a lot of debate amongst me and my friends. And there's two schools of thought on it. So I'll give you the first one. He didn't tell me he was married. (laughs) Usually, yeah, usually bad. Usually bad. Uh, On the third date, he was like, why don't you come to my place and I'll cook for you? And I was like, that sounds super nice. And I realized that we had never come up like where he lived or who he lived with. And he was like, oh, well, I live with my wife. And I was like, that's a first date conversation. He's like, well, I'm ethically non-monogamous. I'm like, you missed the ethical part, you motherfucker. Well, it's like, yeah, I'm glad you two have had conversations about this. But like, we should have a conversation, too. Right. All the others should also know what's going on. Yeah, that's just, I don't know. It felt like assault's not the right word but like it felt like like a like like creepy like you sprung something on me i understand springing in a moment i think it's best to just have that up front right like i don't even want i don't want anyone i match with to even not know right so if i have a girlfriend like i'll i'll put that in the bio Mm -hmm. some people like to like roll it out in after they see if there's chemistry 
Whatever's clever, but if you're going to invite them to your home for the first date, you should explain why. Yeah, are these tampons for your dick? Like, who are these for? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) 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 But that's less monstrous, I think, than if he was cheating on the wife and then you, like, find out that there's a wife. I guess what I mean by monster is, like, just people that are just, like, lack awareness. Like, to me, that's monstrous. It's like, how can you, like, volunteer like a piece of yourself when you're not even like aware of your own tendencies and like your own, I don't know, your own weird. Like you got to be aware of your own weird, right? That's a weird fucking thing to do. <laughs> yeah. I don't always know what my weird is. And so that's why I've tried to rely on people I date or I'm close friends with to be like, no, 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 tell me the things. And if I want to change it, I can. Or if I'm going to be like, no, that's part of me. But at least then I know. Yeah. So I, and I know I have to probably explain it later to others. Yeah. Otherwise, I'll just think that's how humans are. It's like, am I different? Yeah. Probably. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and then who's? what's this other more ambiguous one about? Okay. So this one, you know, a lot of people have a lot of different opinions about it. I stand by mine. <laughs> uh, this guy and I connected on a dating app. And he, leading up to the date, was a lot more into it than me. Like, I was like, why is this guy, like, blowing up my phone? This is crazy. But I was, like, kind of, like, feeling the attention, you know? Right. I had just come off of, like, another shitty string of dates. I was like, oh, I'm into this. Like, You're not normally a big texter? No. And I usually don't like too much attention up front before we've even gone on a date because it feels like almost like love bombing. I'm like, Mm. what's your deal? (laughs) You don't know me. Okay. So it's leading up to the date. St. Patrick's Day is coming up and we had dinner plans. And I was like, well, dinner plans are nice, but it's St. Patrick's Day. Let's go out. Yeah. Sounds fun. A casual date sounds fun. And he's like, well, actually, some of my friends are going out for St. Patrick's Day. Let's all go out together. I'm like, okay, meeting your friends on the first date. A little weird, but it could be fun. So we all go out together. We have fun. We get pretty drunk. We end up hooking up. Was not the plan. (laughs) But we were vibing. Like, we were connecting and we were having a lot of fun. The next morning, I leave his place. And, like, an hour later, I just had this, like, witchy instinct to check the dating app again. And I look on his profile. And he's changed it to be a picture from our date. An hour after I left his place. I'm like, you didn't even change the bed sheets, you sicko. <laughs> and what was even weirder about it is we were texting and because it was a picture of him doing a thumbs up. So he sends me the picture in response to something I said. I'm like, wait a second, is that picture from last night? And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, and it's on your profile. And he's like, yeah. Yeah, I thought it was a great thumbs up photo. You know, dating apps, you know what's hot? You with a stupid thumbs up and a <laughs> smile. Let's just forget how like this is like, um, in relationship to you, how about just like analyzing his profile? What a du- sounds like a dumb photo. Yeah, it really is. And in retrospect, I, you know, I contacted one of my guy friends from back home because I was so pissed about this situation. And so he's like, let me see this guy's profile. So I sent him his Instagram and he's like, well, you're a fucking idiot. This is a himbo. He's got pictures of him shirtless under a waterfall. What did you think was going to happen? I'm like, all right, <laughs> fine. I guess I was being a little horny, but. But I don't know. Some people are like, well, what's the problem? He wasn't going to be your boyfriend. And I'm like, that's not the problem. The problem is like the bed's not even cold. Like you have a problem. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like give it a day, you know, give it three hours. Not literally the second I leave your apartment, you jump on the app to find your next, you know, your next thing. Well, there's a lot of people who want to go like, well, this thing is like you're a monster or it's clear. But something like that is in this realm of like, Look, no one thinks you should like lose your life over this, but it just, it feels, it feels, it smells a little, uh, just, it's uncomfy. 
Yeah. At minimum. But like, I wouldn't call anyone like a monster over it. Okay. That's fair. probably why, but no, but that's probably why you're feeling, you're getting um mixed reviews from your friends because it's probably anywhere from like that dude's crazy to like, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Fair. I guess that's on the Doesn't spectrum of crazy. It's probably not the worst thing. No. Maybe monster's the wrong word. But that's like a guy who doesn't have... That's someone without the awareness you would probably want in a relationship. So you not continuing to date him is still correct. Yeah. But it's not like I would say... To, it's not like you would warn... You, you should warn your friends about him type of a thing. To me, it was just a big ick. Yeah, that's what it was. A, a big, big ick. ick. Yeah. Big icks are not criminal. But like I feel like people in this day and age of the mm-hmm. way we talk about relationships. I mean, off mic, you like uh, mentioned the Jonah Hill stuff, right? Is yeah. there's a difference there? There there's things where you should like you need to tell your friends who might date this person. You look, this was my experience. I just want to let you know. Stay safe. Yeah. And then there's stuff where it's like big icks and like. Everyone got big icks. Do you have big icks? Is there anything about you? Like where have you lacked self-awareness? <laughs> I, I do appreciate people that talk in like ludicrous extremes though. Like that is such a crazy thing to say to somebody. I'm like, all right, you have a way with words, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That is, there's something about the current uh, society and culture and discourse that does like to lean into the extremities. And I uh-huh. feel like we've lost a whole lot of nuance. I feel like we've lost the ability to talk about someone's big yick without it being like an Oh my god! It's like like we're there. Yeah. I hear people use the terminology of assault to describe very non-assaulty. Okay, things. which like, I did earlier. <laughs> no, no, which is I don't know. Like I'm not here to police. Yeah, I'm just yeah. it's just something I observe with the discourse. And I feel uh-huh. like it creates a lot of ambiguity and mm-hmm. confusion. Yeah, and then I don't know what we're talking about. And like I know the way. Like if someone's talking about like a predator in comedy, but like yeah. I'm trying to find out what the the, well, behavior the degree was. of predatorness, yeah, yeah, and then I'm like I don't know who I'm supposed to not work with or not. It's like yeah, obviously someone who's like assaulting people. I don't, but when they use assault language to describe a big yick or yeah. just shittiness, yeah, I'm like then it it, it I don't know it gets in, it confuses my brain the way I yeah. process stuff. Well, and it doesn't serve people that have been like legitimately like harmed you know but it's fun to talk yeah, that way yeah it is it fun is we're fun coming like monster monster angel um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what, what are some of your big yicks what would like someone- that i would give to other people yeah not something where they have to warn everyone about kiki but like they might they might be on a podcast and be like you know this chick <laughs> uh you know i think i grew i'm jewish latina like i i grew up very like feelings are always on the table. You know, everybody always tells you how they feel. And I think probably in my earlier years of dating, I like, maybe I was very openly vulnerable with people very soon. Mm -hmm. So people that dated me in high school or in college maybe were turned off by that. But I think that created a lot of dating like trauma for me. Like a lot, you know, maybe scared people away that now I'm an incredibly closed off person. Mm. And I think it's pretty hard to get to know me actually. So there's probably a lot of people that I've dated that like maybe I didn't even make an impression on them just because I wasn't willing to share. One extreme <laughs> to another. Yeah. <laughs> what yeah. kind of oversharing were you when you were younger? Just like being open about how you feel about something like, sure. oh, I'm really into you or I'm really enjoying this date or like, oh, I'd really like to keep seeing you. Like not everybody takes well to that right away, which is also, you know, some men are small and like, they like can't handle feelings, but yeah. also... You have to be able to like temper your excitement about things sometimes. Yeah. And I, I didn't really see value in that. And also, like you mentioned, like connecting physically too. Like I was a 
big slut growing up. Like okay. I, I was a slut in high school and you know what? I, I had to go through that phase to become the person that I am today. Um, but I think that there is value in waiting to connect with people physically. Like I've learned that in my older adult years, not because there's a stigma on women sleeping with people on first dates, but because you need to temper your feelings and your connection and, you know, really suss people out before you give them everything you got, mm-hmm. you know? Oh, so is the sex the everything you got part? I think for a lot of people it is, unfortunately. Okay. Uh, like, not everybody's on the same page about it. Mm-hmm. And what do you think has caused that for you? What do you mean? Like, why is um, why is sex this this everything you got, like that last bit of everything to give somebody the reason why you want to wait to connect with someone physically? Uh, well, th- that's the thing is I don't really see it that way is – like I used to not have a problem with sleeping with people on the first date right. because I'm like, well, we got it out of the way. What's the rest of you? <laughs> you know? Yeah. But I realized that for a lot of people, it's that's the constant question on their mind is, well, are we going to sleep together? Are we going to sleep together? Are we going to sleep together? Mm-hmm. And then you do. And then there's nothing, there's nothing left for them. It's like, well, we're done here, <laughs> you know? Sure. But then, you know, what's the, what's the problem with like, why is it better for that? Well, at least we didn't fuck. Um, I think that women just naturally like I I know it's taboo to say, right? A lot of women want to date like men. A lot of women want to just sleep around and it's no big deal. But I don't think that we're wired that way. I think that when you sleep with somebody, certain neurons fire off in your brain that give you some sort of connection that I don't think men are capable of. Like, mm. and I'm not saying I'm not saying that you should date like that. I'm just saying you are more prone to get your feelings hurt or more prone to put yourself in a vulnerable situation when you have sex with somebody. Okay. And do you think that, so you think that applies more to women than men? Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Because like, I definitely relate to that. Um, when I am emotionally connected to somebody, actually, no, I would say like, I just, I just kind of, they're kind of separate for me, but I do think there are a lot more men who feel that way who don't, express it because they don't think they're supposed to um i usually just try to avoid the whole like date like a woman date like a man concept. right that's a stupid binary that many people still go by sure. um but and i look i've as had the, plenty as the host of a as a new of a new sex podcast indecent with kiki anderson uh you know how do you marry what is what you already said is like a taboo point of view in the sex positive realm mm-hmm. while also now hosting this new like sex positive show that takes on topics like sex work and porn and mm-hmm. uh what was the the new reli- sex and religion mm-hmm. how do you marry those two i think that being aware of the taboos and being able to temper how they affect your everyday behavior is important but also realize that we are we are all prisoners of this society mm-hmm. and prisoners to like you know, the way other people's expectations are, whether that we're talking about capitalism or we're talking about sex or we're talking about gender roles. It is the society we're operating in, right? Mm-hmm. Otherwise, like the stock market, you know, when it crashes, we would just be like, never mind, right? Okay. But unfortunately, we decided there's a stock market and we all have to fucking abide by it. I think the poly people would tell you we're trying to, we're trying to restructure uh, the options in the stock market. We're trying to... Um 
Uh, we're trying to reform the stock market. Mm-hmm. We're trying to say like, hey, the stock market doesn't only have to work this way. You can have some options and derivatives. I mean, if I want to stay in the evil construct of this metaphor mm-hmm. of the stock market, hey, it doesn't just have to be stocks and bonds. We could also have these. We could have these. You can do stuff. We could do uh, reverse mortgage swaps. I'm sure this won't burn down the entire system. Totally. Uh, but I do think like polyamorous and I really I'm not trying to hurt anyone's feelings with this because I respect any kind of love that you want to do as long as it's legal and consensual. But I think being poly right now is a little like crypto. Okay. <laughs> right? Like, we're not really sure what it means yet. We're not really sure how to use it yet. Some people make it their whole brand, mm-hmm. you know? And I think that alone turns some people off. Because it's like, well, why does that have to be your whole personality? Sure. Yeah, just like someone who's, like, really into, like, D&D or, I don't know, makeup, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some people make one thing their whole personality. I think we always can see that yeah uh, but i think there are a lot of people who know how non-monogamy works if you mean we the society yeah but that's that's just because it's new right it's right. new and we don't it's it's messing with a paradigm that's been in place for you know a few hundred years um same with crypto and yeah. there are people that got very rich off crypto and yeah. they're very happy so yeah and so it's like i mean i'm not a crypto guy i'm not yeah. uh, you know i have i dabbled with it for a year and a half the way some people dab- dabbled with you know, I was like, maybe I will try dick for this year of college, right? Um, I, I dabble with the crypto. I had my heart broken. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it was also because, like, I didn't know how it worked. And I didn't know who to look to. And, the, you know, a lot there's no um, centralized, clear definition of what to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of like that in the non-monogamy space. Yeah. I guess what what getting back to what we were originally talking about with, like, vulnerability and sex and, like, all mm-hmm. these paradigms, like, I guess I realized that I was I was behaving a certain way in my dating life that just wasn't working for me. Sure. And me for me, like sleeping with people too soon or opening up to them too soon was putting me specifically in a path that was causing me a lot of pain. Mm-hmm. And not everybody has to operate under the, under that notion. Right. But you know, this guy that I'm seeing now, I'm not saying that we worked because I waited to have sex with him. I'm just saying we built the relationship that we're in right now off of like other things first, like mm-hmm. just, just like really casual, really getting to know each other, like really sussing each other out. And so far it's been going well, you know? So I think just really being aware of your own, your own, your own icks. Yes. <laughs> and maybe that's an ick. That's my, that's my ick that icks me out, you mm-hmm. know? Maybe it doesn't ick other people. I have no idea. I have no idea what my exes would say about me. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. Well, let, let me recommend doing a podcast like me or Corinne and Christina have done or, uh, Nicole Byer, and you just call them all up and be like, "Hey, come get on a mic uh-huh. and uh, and see how many are not excited to do it." Yeah, <laughs> it's a, it's a um, <laughs> and so this is a fresh relationship, pretty new, pretty young. It's about a month old. Yeah, right. Yeah. What are the early things you look for when dating somebody to see if you want to keep dating them? What are you looking out for? Honestly, I feel like I've dated. I feel like I've dated every kind of person. There's nothing that I was looking for specifically. Like, I always thought I wanted to date, like, a really, like, funny, artistic guy. I dated a lot of comedians. I am a comedian. That was a no-no. and We'll never go back. Okay. Um, so now, I don't know. I guess I was just looking for somebody who's just a good friend, you know? And I felt like with the guy I'm seeing now. Like a nice, boring, good, not funny, good friend. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not what I said. <laughs> no, but, 
what I guess what was the green flag that I wasn't even looking for was he took genuine interest in like what I do. He went he without asking me, he just like found my podcast and listened to it and was like, oh, you said this thing. I wanted to like talk to you more about that. And it may not that that feeds like some like narcissistic part of my comedy career. It was just the fact that he took the time, you know, I'm like, wow. Or even like basic things like, oh, my God, he walked on the street side of the sidewalk. Like, I forgot people do that because I live in L.A. where people don't have manners. (laughs) Like, (laughs) And and uh, when he talks to you about like what he heard on the podcast, like and how does that conversation sound? What do you mean? As in, like, did he say, like, so I heard this thing on the podcast. Now I'm going to talk at you about the thing I heard uh, you talk about on the podcast and maybe even tell you why you're a little bit wrong. Because, like, <laughs> obviously, I know about seven seconds worth of this subject matter. Let me talk to you like an expert. You know, the way some dudes talk about crypto. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like a spinoff pod. <laughs> Just like the idea of um, I, I like what you're saying in that um, he's taking genuine interest in uh-huh. you. But then he doesn't use that as a means to then talk about. I think a lot of guys on a date, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. they will when they do ask you a question, mm-hmm. I, I I hear is it's then there's a pathway. I mean, a lot of people do this. They ask a question, but it's really a pathway to tell their story about this subject matter that they like. I have a good story about this. So I'm going to ask them this thing. I don't really even care what their answer is. But once they're done speaking on it, then that's my in mm-hmm. instead of just like sharing this interesting story or asking a question to learn about them they some people will ask, especially guys i hear will ask a question as a means to eventually talk about themselves yeah so he didn't hit it doesn't sound like he hits you up to be like i heard you uh do that episode about porn and let me tell you why you were actually kind of a little wrong about your take on porn and i don't even really care what your rebuttal is yeah you, no does, that's does that, definitely that, not him at all I mean, you get an idea what i'm describing yeah okay. yeah yeah, totally. Being a female comic, I feel like anything that men ask me about myself is usually an opportunity to find ways to make themselves shine because I do think that men mm-hmm. feel dwarfed by female comedians for whatever reason. <laughs> Not all men, many men. Yeah. Uh, Basically, if you're a guy, as, as many people would allude to, if you're a guy who tensed up at that moment, it actually might be about you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh no, a woman with opinions who like gets attention for being on stage. How can I how can I shine in this moment? What can I say that'll make me sound funny or special? It's yeah. like that's not what it's about. I was just telling you about my job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, this is what I do. This is my dream. You can tell me about your dream if you'd like now. <laughs> like, yeah, me existing doing this thing shouldn't have to automatically be a threat to you. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. That's real. <laughs> yeah. I just want guys to really solidify, by the way, if you're listening, dudes who date women. Just give a shit. Yeah. Don't ask because you're like, I should have to ask. I th- like, I, I think I was telling you before off mic, it was like, they want to know and they want an answer like, oh, if I just ask, if I ask her seven questions about herself, I've fulfilled my obligation. I've done the secret rule to get women interested in me. It's rather, no, it's just sincerely give a shit. Yeah. But I think that. Because then you'll naturally ask questions if you give a shit. Totally. And you'll find things to connect on and find things that you'll like about this person. I think a lot of people have maybe heard that saying and have trained themselves to like feign interest and ask the right questions because it's the right thing to do. But I think it's important to do self-work and genuinely be curious about other people and not be self-obsessed, right? Yeah. Especially if you live in LA, especially if you're a comedian or an actor or whatever the fuck. We're all self-obsessed. We think about our careers from the minute we wake up to the minute we go to sleep. Yeah. You have to be able to give your brain a rest to think about the world outside of you so that you can be a better comedian, so that you can be a better actor, so that you can be a better partner. Mm-hmm. And I don't think a lot of people do that work. You yeah. have to be curious about other people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so again, yeah. So, uh, so what are the green flags? Well, I think that was a really big one. Um, 
you know, he doesn't, he's not in, in the industry. He's a nonprofit. He's he doesn't a guy. do improv. No, okay. he doesn't do improv. <laughs> um, his friends love him. Like, his, he's been, uh, what do you call it? Like, the, not, a, not a minister. Like, the guy who does, is ordained for the wedding. Uh, yeah, he's a ordained minister. Yeah. But, yeah, not like a religious guy. Like a, what, what do you call him? Uh, Efficient. Efficient, yes, there you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think that's a green flag. Like his friends trust him. Like they... I think ordained minister like gives out the wine at mass. Like, that's what my mom was. <laughs> oh, wow, cool. <laughs> oh, yeah, you get the cool mom. She's got the wine. Oh, yeah, <laughs> boozing up. Breaking the glass ceiling in church. Love that. So he's married a bunch of his friends? Yeah, like. which, uh, you know, that's a big role in a wedding. I feel like that's a green flag. Like your friends trust you. They like... Gave you a big role in the biggest day of their life. Is it a red flag if at 34 I've only been to two non-family member weddings? No, I don't think okay. that's a red flag. Oh, okay. it's just maybe people in your life are in maybe getting married right now. I don't know. Oh, no. I know a lot of people who get married. <laughs> <laughs> okay, maybe we got to talk about that. Let's dive deep. <laughs> I'm, I'm really emphasizing the invitation part of this. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, weddings are expensive, okay? <laughs> it's, it's, it's cutthroat out here with weddings. <laughs> I think all, in the last year, all my best friends have gotten married, and I think there's like two more left. Okay. And that's probably all the weddings I'll go to in my life. Like, I don't think i'll get invited to weddings beyond that okay so yeah. sincere curiosity and interest in you um ha seems to have a lot of, seems to be a good friend yeah yeah you know, what what else do you look out for or are you still maybe looking out for i was saying earlier that i feel like in earlier relationships in my life i gave like too much of myself too fast whether that's physically emotionally whatever mm. um and that's put me in situations where maybe i didn't hear back from the guy and i didn't understand why or um, I thought things were going a certain way and the guy turned out to be a, a different kind of person, mm. you know, because maybe I made up a story in my head that they were going to be the right guy. Um, there's no, uh, ambiguity with this guy I'm seeing. He told me that he wanted to see me on the first date. He was like, I'd like to see you again. I'm like, oh, that's really nice. Like, thank you for telling me exactly what it is. And that's not... That's not like an overshare and it's not like too mushy or like too much too fast. It's just this is how I'm feeling. This is what's going to happen next. Like no breadcrumbing. No, is he going to call? Like, is it really that <laughs> uncommon for someone to like not say at the end they want to see you again? Well, I think that maybe they'll say that and then it's the breadcrumbing, you know, it's the oh, well, I haven't. This guy hasn't texted in a few days. So you they, know? they say that, but then there's never this like, okay, cool. Let's like, I mean, maybe not like right there on the day, but even just like a day or two later, there's no like, hey, so like, let's set another date. Yeah. 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 There's some decisiveness with this guy. Yeah. There's decisiveness mm -hmm. and like, like not promise of a future. I don't want to say that, but like, like promise of like interest, you know, like promise of like, oh, this might be something, you know, I think there's so many people that feel like it might be something, but then they're always looking over your shoulder. Well, is there something else? Is there somebody else on sure. Hinge? Is there somebody else at this restaurant? See, I just like to date, like, I, I end up dating a lot of queer non-monogamous chicks where, like, when I look over her shoulder, I could be like, hey, you should look over your shoulder right now. <laughs> Isn't that chick hot? And then we can both be like, yeah, no, she's got great tits together. And then some mutual interest we have. Yes. <laughs> I love that. You know, shared interests are really important. Uh, but the wait, was, did y'all kiss at the end of the first date? Mm -hmm. Okay, so and and now does that to me? Yes, I would want to hear the words like I would like to see you again. Mm -hmm. But if those have not been said, and we kiss at the end of the date, and they have the right smile on their face afterwards, I usually take that as a sign went well. Yeah, I think 
I think more often than not, I have good first dates. Mm -hmm. It's the second and third dates. It's like, oh, well, maybe on the second date I've slept with them. Now I really don't know if I'm ever going to hear from them again. (laughs) And sometimes, you know what really bugs me, especially in L.A., is there's been guys that I've date with or dated, slept with, that I was like, you know what? I'm not even that interested in them. Maybe I won't call them back. But then they don't call me back. And I'm like, wait a second. I but didn't want to date you first. Right, it's okay. <laughs> we don't have to be upset about that. No. <laughs> no, you're like almost there of the not caring if somebody you don't care about is interested. Yeah, no. <laughs> you're, no, that's a, but that's still such a huge thing to be like, you know what? Maybe I won't call them back and know that the, the last part is to not care about that last part of it. And no one should be upset about that. Everyone got, in fact, everyone should be happy because, um, if someone you're not that excited about hits you up and you're like, maybe I'll give them another try. Well, great. Now you have another day, another time commitment, hanging out with someone you're not even that excited about, which is a waste of your time mm-hmm. and sucks for them too. Well, some things just fizzle out naturally. And I think yeah. that's great. I'm also, I'm the kind of person to not, like, I don't go. So I'm like, I'm sorry. You're not my forever person. I'm sorry. I don't see us going anywhere. Like, great. I'm not going to talk to you again. <laughs> Bless you. Yeah. Thank you for being like that. <laughs> right. I love clarity. Clarity is really important to me. Yeah. I've been hearing recently uh, from a lot of like chicks who, are, who date dudes, uh, decisiveness, that they're into that, right? Yeah. What is, uh, what's like the difference to you between like a guy being decisive and a guy, I, I don't, tell me if you can think of the better word for this, but like it's kind of pushy, aggressive, almost like dismissive of what your interest is does that make sense Mm -hmm. what's the difference between a guy making decisive mutually beneficial decisions and just kind of being like this is what we're doing because this is what i want to do does that make sense yeah um you know i had a long-term relationship with a guy the always only planned dates that were things that he wanted to do which usually i end up enjoying anyway okay but there was What's that? A lot of baseball games or no, something? thank God. Although he was a con. I don't know what kind of guy he was. <laughs> no. Uh, I'd have to see one more Scarlet Witch cosplay. <laughs> ooh, yeah. No, I just wouldn't go. Okay. <laughs> uh, no, I'm usually a pretty good sport about even things that I'm not interested in. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. He had so many other great qualities that I was able to look past that one. But I did notice. Sure. I was like, oh, we never do anything that I want to do. Mm. Um I, I do think that there is beauty in planning things for other people. Like, I know you like this band or I know you like this restaurant or you mentioned you love fucking sunflowers. Let's go to the sunflower park. Whatever. <laughs> There's a sunflower convention. Why? We don't know. But there is a sunflower convention. And I guess we could go. Yeah. yeah. Thoughtfulness <laughs> is important. Yeah. But so like, but if one of your like buddies if like you had a guy friend who like in this very rare moment decided he wanted to take stock in himself and decide how he can do better i know i'm like this uh-huh. is a fantasy but play along uh-huh. if he comes up to you be like i i hear chicks dig decisiveness but i don't want to be like the boyfriend you just described what's like what's kind of that fine line to you if a guy's like trying to like tell recognizes himself maybe i'm a little selfish playing dates um besides just like automatically be like oh never mind yeah sorry continue <laughs> Sometimes uh, I that's a good a, question. I'm, I'm, I'm just thinking. I um, know, but when I can tell someone like doesn't have the instant answer, which is not anyone's problem, <laughs> silence is allowed in this world. I think still, well, I, it doesn't. Not everything has to be a jump cut. But I don't know. <laughs> as someone who's, who has interviewed people as well, I will sometimes overdo, overword the question uh-huh. as I try to repeat it. I'm like, as if if I find a different combination of words, maybe I'll receive an answer faster, as opposed to just like letting you sit with the question. Well, no, I, I definitely <laughs> understand. 
I guess I'm trying to decide when it's a problem. Like, mm. at what point does it become a problem, decisiveness? Like, if you're playing the second, third, even fourth date, and we're just doing things that you just planned without really asking my opinion, that's fine. I, I, it shows initiative. It shows that you're interested in me yeah. and you want to you wanna see me again and you're going to take the problem of planning it off of my hands, which, like, honestly, I love. I'm very busy. I kind of <laughs> like people to just tell me what to do, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. especially on weekends, you know? Like, I don't want to think about more plans. Like, I've already planned my whole week. But, again, it's that thoughtfulness. It's that being curious about other people. At some point you got to know where she likes to eat, right? You yeah. got to know what band she likes. You got to like you got to know these things. And if you're planning a date and you realize you don't have the answer to any of those questions, that's your problem. Mm -hmm. You haven't asked. Yeah. And I would say like even the decisiveness in bed, I find also is like something people like where a lot, there have been a lot of women who like they like if I'm like if I'm just I'm not asking like I'm putting you in this position or I'm mm -hmm. moving you here or I'm like I'm, I'm pulling your legs into wh whatever it is like that there's an excitement that like oh my god I didn't have to make the decision of like what position we're doing or what toy we have to grab or just like or which sex act are we like transitioning to sorry yeah that's random. <laughs> um that like just but in doing so mm. I find that there's a pressure of me making sure like I'm being decisive, but not selfish. Yeah. And then, and unfortunately in sex, a lot of times like things that feel selfish are actually the thing that they want. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like there are women who are like, I want to blow you more often, but it seems like a selfish notion to be like, I'm going to like take, like have you give me a head more that feels <laughs> selfish to think of. There's room for both with sex, especially in the early stages. Like, a lot of women enjoy being manhandled and thrown around like a pizza. <laughs> you know what I mean? A lot of women enjoy feeling like the girl, if we're going to talk in binaries here. Um, but if you're going to make a spontaneous decision like that, something su surprising, there's always, it's, every woman appreciates, I think, a little, does this feel good? Do you mm. like this? Should I do more of this? Or what do you, what do you want? You know, like asking questions in bed is great. <laughs> yeah. Verbally saying things is a good idea yeah don't be the silent person in bed those people are weird <laughs> yeah so you you have this new sex podcast what uh -huh. is your interest in sex in the first place especially as someone who has been like for the last half hour been like i i actually am trying to pull back on banging people early yeah so i don't think we would call you pre even right before this relationship like two months ago it sounds like we wouldn't call you present day slutty no, I don't think, especially now that I'm in my 30s, I'm, I'm a reformed slut. A reformed but, whore. But I'm still, <laughs> I'm a reformed whore, but definitely have the same attitudes about sex that I had before. Like, although I won't act a certain way anymore, I still feel the same way about sex. Okay. Um, I feel like if you want to have sex, you should be able to have sex. I, that should be fair game for everybody. Um, but you do have to realize the impact it's going to have on you mentally, spiritually, physically, and decide if having sex with this person at this time is going to have a negative or a positive impact on you. You mm. know, um, I think I had like a really, uh, complicated relationship with sex growing up. Um, I had a lot of abandonment trauma. I had deep self hate for my body and I've always been horny. <laughs> like since <laughs> I was born, I was a horny kid, okay. which is the perfect recipe for a school slut. <laughs> um, and stuffed animal humper. Yeah. I had an ex like that. Like she was like, I, yeah, when I was like three, I would hump my bunny. And I'd be like, okay. <laughs> yeah, this is what I want. I Like I knew I wanted to have sex when I was like four. And I didn't know what sex was, but I just knew I wanted to have it. <laughs> like, um, 
And I think that I, I had like a lot of slut shaming happen in high school, which like put all these weird ideas in my head about sex and like whether it should be secret or whether you should be open about it. And like then you start judging other people for their level of like outward sexuality. And then you realize that that's your own weird repression because people have shamed you about your sexuality, like all the things that you go through as a teenager and then into college, you know, that now I have made my peace with. I don't really care what people think about me sexually or my sex life <laughs> okay that's done that's healed um now the healing is how you act in your own se- sexual circumstances that's that's where you have to decide who you are as a fully realized adult there's um you know so i have a i have a channel on the discord server uh, the champagne room uh, everyone link in the notes if you want to come join us in there uh but we have a patron o- a patreon only uh channel called ask the guest y'all ask me a question uh for the guest i will i will ask them so if it's a good question wish it was mine if it's a bad question wasn't my idea <laughs> but like the what we're talking about kind of feeds into what this one guy chuck um wanted to ask which was like how did you learn what was taboo growing up and so I guess we'll say taboo sexually growing up. Like okay. I said, it sounds like your mom's like sex positive, but there were like caveats. How did I realize? How did I realize what was taboo growing up? Mm-hmm. Is that the question? I think, like we were talking about earlier, just my mom gave me some very mixed signals about sexuality. It was you can do whatever you want as long as nobody finds out about it. And to me, that was a very clear indicator that in the world, there are people that are going to judge you for your decisions. Not everybody's on the same page about your liberties and your rights. And so you do have to be careful about how you move through the world. I mean, be carefree, be authentic, be yourself, but be aware of what's out there. You know, we are all people operating in this society. But doesn't like living that out there, even if it's going to invite negative reaction, isn't that is that not how we fight and change the culture? Yeah, I, I think it is. Um, but that's also it's it's a risk and you have to be aware that it's a risk. Like if you're out there parading and you're out there protesting that th- there is inherent danger and bravery and all these things that come with it. You know, mm-hmm. um, it's you're not just out there willy nilly. <laughs> like. When people are posting their opinions on Twitter, people are posting their opinions on Facebook. I don't think people realize like how big, big of an undertaking that is. Like, we're not going to change anything by doing that, really. But you are marking yourself as this is my stance on the world. This is how I show up in the world every day. And there are people that may rule you out because of that. And that you have to be okay with that. What type of things? Like sharing like their queerness or that they're poly or. Yeah, but I mean, I think queer people especially are aware because they've probably faced a lot of rejection from the moment they were born. But if you are super sex positive on the internet, you Mm -hmm. know, there are people that are going to not wish you well because of that. And you will find out very quickly, you know, and I'm not saying they're right. They are absolutely wrong. But they're we are unfortunately living in this horrible society that we have to you have to decide how you're going to fight every day yeah no i i find that you know doing you know i talk about sex for a living and i definitely get that and there have been opportunities like i didn't i had a buddy who they run a daily comedy show that's on a streaming platform that would be like very nice to be on i didn't ask to be on it right i didn't say nothing um i was just texting one of the one of the guys just about something unrelated, but with that had to do with the topic that they discuss. And out of nowhere, he's like, yeah, me and like we we thought uh, we thought about maybe having you on. And then we were like, yeah, nah, we can't. He's too he's too slutty or something. 
legit just said I was too slow to eat a book on a comedy show thing. Uh, because and and I was like, well, you know, I don't only talk about sex. Like I think as we we've, we've seen during this conversation, I talk about dating and relationships too. Yeah, I don't have to say blowjob for like a really long extended period of time. So I was like, hey, I talk about love and gender and, and relationships as well. He's like, yeah, but could you survive a search with uh, an exec? I'm like, I think I could. But see, that's his weird taboo. Something about the way you show up in the world. Him just asking, like, not pitching me to the exec and letting the exec decide. Won't eat. Was scared to eat. Won't even pitch me because when you search me, yes, I'm like, I think sex tastefully sex positive stuff pops up. Like this podcast, some of my writings for Mashable. But yeah, like I face that all the time. But what's my alternative? to not my mom was trying to explain to me that you should be whoever you want to be but be aware of the taboos so that you can fight them and protect yourself keep okay. yourself safe um and and make sure that you're not putting yourself in harm's way Un unless what you're doing is you're having a protest and throwing molotov cocktails and that's what you want to do whatever but a softer form of protest is just existing openly everyone knows more sex workers than they realize uh -huh. They just don't know until that person has shared that openly. Mm -hmm. And when they see that someone who they otherwise view as an upstanding citizen and totally moral, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And then all of a sudden they come out like, I do some sex work. I mm -hmm. do some OnlyFans or I, I, I strip. Hey, you, I, you know me. I stripped my way through college. I wasn't immoral in college. Yeah. I stripped to pay for was over expensive education. Then they're like, it, it fucks with their head a bit. It makes them go. I thought they were all dirty, stupid whores, but Catherine's not stupid. She has a doctorate. Oh, and by doing that, if some people start finding out like they, they know a few more whores than they did mm -hmm. before, that makes them change their view on that, which both changes how they treat people, some of their terminology that may be a bit whorephobic, and it might change like policy, like tangible um, policy proposals that they do or don't support. Totally. So I'm saying like, yeah, there's risk and I think we should be taking that risk rather than hiding from it because like, well, you know, do it, but mm -hmm. like hide it. I mean, maybe a privileged thing to say from like my point of view, but just, I don't think stuff changes if we hide our sexualities like that. Yeah, no, I don't, nobody should hide their sexuality. That. Please, if you take anything away from this podcast, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying hide your sexuality or don't be yourself. What I'm trying to say is uh, we have to be aware of, like, the risks that are out there and who else is out there and that their opinions differ from ours so that okay. we can challenge them, right? So that when you feel rejected, you can understand why you feel rejected, mm. who's rejecting you, okay. why they're rejecting you. So that you can be the truest form of yourself, right? Okay. Because when you realize that people are anti-abortion because they grew up in this weird religious cult that is somehow profiting off of all of us, then you can fight for abortion tomorrow, right? You can go to that protest. You can donate money. You can go get a fucking abortion and not think twice about it. Um, but you can only get there when you realize why other people think it's a problem. Mm -hmm. Do you find it risky to do the podcast that you're doing then? And or do or not even just is it? I'm just saying, like, do you feel the risk that you might be taking? Uh, I don't think I'm going to ever be like a like a target. You know, I don't think uh, anybody's ever going to come after me for the things that I said. 
I think that it might change the way people that know me feel about me. You know, they listen to my podcast. I say come and cock a lot. You did, yeah. <laughs> yeah. People <laughs> might not like that. They might think I'm gross. But those things don't gross me out because I don't think they're that important. So that is how I show up in the world. That is the way I was raised. And that is true to who I am. And I think the only way we can take power away from those words and make them less weird is by saying them more. We all have sex. We're all sexual beings. And Chuck also wanted to know, how how do you think society should decide what is indecent? How do I think society should decide what is indecent? I think the most important thing to any person that is alive on this planet is being able to live with dignity. Mm-hmm. And dignity means being able to have free, informed choice, sexually, monetarily, physically, spiritually, whatever. Mm-hmm. Being able to live, again, your true authentic self, free from harm and free from economic yeah, you know, whatever. <laughs> like, so I think that those tab when in a lot of the episodes that we do, what we realize is that there are people that are benefiting from letting these taboos thrive. Mm-hmm. Um, there are people that are making money off of your anger. And so you have to be able to analyze who's trying to keep you mad and why. Yeah. So we like, we, we learned how you learned what is taboo some mild kind of conflated nuanced slut shaming with mom. Mm-hmm. Right. And then you have this viewpoint that like people should have the sex that they want to have mm-hmm. uh, free of criticism and that, but do you, but you also acknowledge the reality that people are going to judge you based on sexual choices you make. Do you still catch yourself sometimes judging people for their sexual decisions? Uh, totally. I actually, it's interesting that you asked that. I recently. Like, I was just telling Veronica the other day, <laughs> girl, you can't be. Get- okay. That girl, I called somebody a whore this morning. No. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was me in the mirror, but. <laughs> That's a very brave sense. Okay, no, sorry. <laughs> Listen, some people just are whores. <laughs> no. Uh, I remembered that I wasn't like particularly nice to this girl that was in my sorority, and I like said something to her that wasn't very nice, and I emailed her I looked her up and I emailed her I'm like hey I'm sorry I said this thing to you 12 years ago I just want you to know I don't feel that way anymore and I hope you're happy (laughs) and she really appreciated it yeah Uh, I wish people would write those emails to me but that's probably Alex Bass Ryan Wiggers Andrew Zahusky I could do a nice long if anybody the it's manwhorepod at gmail.com if you have any apologies you want to send my way um I'm just gonna at the end of this episode list (laughs) all my childhood bullies and just see if any uh tune in uh so no <clears throat> what would the what the hell did you say that stuck with you for and what made you think of it all of a sudden? Um, is this is that who you called a whore this morning? Did you like, hey whore, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> hey whore, I mean Alex. Um, <laughs> uh, no, uh, I was just kidding about calling somebody a whore this morning. It was last night. Uh, <laughs> I honestly don't think I didn't like call her a whore or say anything. It was something to do with our sorority, and she kept like posting like nudes of herself in our sororities, like Facebook group. Yeah. Like as a joke. And at the time I was really uncomfortable. I think I was uncomfortable with it because I was uncomfortable with another woman that was so proud of her sexuality and her body when I so deeply hated mine. Okay. But also I was terrified. This is like, I was on my way to being a news reporter, you know? And like, I was terrified of like my reputation being affected by her choices. Like, 
we would get kicked off campus. We would be the slutty sorority. We would be this. And I was like, hey, you need to take this shit down. This is gross. Like, fuck this. And in retrospect, what a weird witch hunty fucking handmaid's tale in position to put on another woman. If she wants to pose news on the internet, that's her prerogative and not my fucking problem, you okay. know, especially in the day and age of OnlyFans. But at the time, it bothered me, and I said something to her about it. And I think she actually ended up getting kicked out of our sorority, not related to me, for something totally different that she did. She was very out there sexually. Okay. Um, but I think she, she thought it had... common room? Probably. She was, she was out there. Like, I mean, she had like all kinds of content on the internet, pre OnlyFans and whatever. Um, which whatever, more power to her. But I think she thought that I had something to do with her being removed from the sorority, which I didn't. I was already graduated college. Like, I didn't sure. give a shit about this girl. But I just wanted her to know that if like I caused her any shame, that I was sorry. Mm-hmm. Nobody should feel shame on account of another woman. What made you think to email her all this time later? I was thinking about like things people said to me that made me feel shame. And I was thinking if I had ever done that to somebody else. And I realized that I did. And I felt really bad about it. It's very big of you. Thanks, man. Not a lot of, not a lot of people <laughs> I'm do absolved. That. I'm going straight to heaven now. <laughs> yeah, I thought y'all didn't believe in heaven. Oh, yeah. I don't oh, no, know. It's like there's no hell. I don't know. Listen, it's, I'm the best Jew. And by that, I mean I'm a Jew that doesn't know anything about Judaism. <laughs> doing great. Doing great. Yeah. Um, Kiki, where can you know where can people go to find you, follow you, and check out your show, Indecent? Yes, our podcast is everywhere you get your podcast, and we're on Instagram, Indecent Kiki, and then I'm on Instagram, it's Kiki Anderson, and Anderson is S E N. Uh, well, Kiki, thank you for uh, coming by and chatting with us, and why don't you go ahead and say goodbye to everybody? Goodbye, everybody. Thanks so much for having me. <laughs> The best place to discuss this week's show is in the episode discussion channel in the Champagne Room. The Champagne Room is our super free, super fun, super sex positive Discord server. It's not a man or podcast Discord server. It's a sex positive Discord server, but it's also the best place to chat about the show. You can also always email me your your comments, your thoughts, your questions to manwhorepod at gmail.com. Patrons. You heard uh, we have an Ask the Guest channel in the Champagne Room. It's just for you. You get to ask questions to all of my upcoming guests, and only you get to do it. You've also got uh, the patron-only channel, Porn Share. We're dropping porn gifts in there, links to some of our favorite porno videos. Uh, you know, if you're ever looking for some, uh, some inspiration when you're starting to flick the bean or lube up the pole, that's always a nice channel to pop in at. And tomorrow, Thursday at 9.30 p.m., movie night is coming back to the Champagne Room. Uh, We're gathering together for a group watch party of the 1981 classic porno Roommates. Roommates follows the trials and tribulations of three career-oriented women who share an apartment in New York. Looks like there's one who's an inspiring actress who's having sex with a drama teacher. Classic. Fashion model with a bad coke habit. Can't wait to see what happens there. And there's a third roommate who they don't tell us what she does, but I'm sure she's banging. So I hope you'll join us for that tomorrow. But to do so, two things. You need to be in the Discord server. Link in the schnotes. And you need to be a Patreon member. Link also in the schnotes. Sign up for both. Join us tomorrow night. I got to go babysit some singles at speed dating. 
and tell some yuck yucks downtown. But I hope you all uh, stay safe, stay cool out there, stay dry if it's flooding, and always stay slutty. (laughs) 